Hello everyone and welcome to Pop Salsa, a TV and movie podcast where we cover the most recent events and news in the industry. I'm your host Ernesto and Joel is out for the week. So just to get things started with uh, an update on Jeremy Renner. As you know, Jeremy Renner broke about 30 bones when he was run over in the by a snowplow a couple of weeks ago. Fortunately, he's been recovering and from what we've seen in social media and online, he's it's been going pretty well. It's it's a horrific event that no one should really go through, but thankfully he's on the up and up and that's great to hear. Now, switching from Marvel focus to DC focus, uh, recently Jason Momoa uh, teased some Aquaman news or Lobo news, depending on who you ask. So apparently he sat down with the, the heads of DC right now, which is James Gunn and uh, uh, James Gunn and uh, I believe David Zaslav. And uh, they're just talking about the future roles. And from what uh, Momoa uh alluded to was i'm a little confused at that he he's down to play what sounds like a couple of different roles within the dc first and he's been saying that marvel's done it before and for the most part they have done it before so he wants to play aquaman and what's rumored is that he also is going wants to play lobo in the same breath so there's two things that i find a little bit odd about this for one aquaman is for the most part one of the main members of the league or just the main members of dc along with you know shazam and and wonder woman these are like the main two main three actors or pillars for for now until they introduce superman you know batman down the line not not matt reeves batman but just batman in the dc universe so it's cool to see someone as passionate as jason momoa wanting to play more roles right he wants to play aquaman and he wants to play lobo but i think he's gonna have difficulty and i think a lot of the people who are gonna watch the films are gonna have difficulty kind of detaching aquaman from lobo uh, and it's and even the characters are just very contrasty, right? Aquaman is, for the most part, very royal, but also kind of grounded, being part human. And then you have Lobo, who's just this, you know, very vulgar intergalactic bounty hunter. He, you know, decided to wipe out his race because he wanted to see how it felt like. So having those two characters played by the same person within the same universe is a little odd choice. But you know, at this point, what isn't going to be an odd choice with DC? Anything that's different now would be great and this sounds like an interesting prospect especially with the flash and the flashpoint event coming which is basically just going to reset everything so we'll just uh, see how it goes so in uh star wars news oh specifically john williams and steven spielberg it's announced recently that steven spielberg is actually going to uh do a documentary on john williams's life which is a pretty cool because as you know they they've been collaborating for a majority of either careers you know with star wars and uh in, you know indiana jones and uh, jurassic park and stuff like that and they've been working together and so it's cool to see john williams um us to know his history right he's not like he's he's one of the most prolific you know legendary screen composers in our lifetime in anyone's lifetime and to see him be able to get that that due reserve you know it's not saying that you have to get a documentary made from you just to get that kind of recognition but it's i i know of his music but i don't really know how he got that music right how he became this legendary composer so to see him collaborate with steven spielberg which is one of his longtime, you know friends family at this point then it's pretty cool and it, this is actually on the tails 
of him not retiring. You know, it, it was he was said that he was gonna retire at ninety, and he had this concert, and and he was like, I'm gonna you know retire, but now it seems that he doesn't want to retire, and uh, it's 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 a two just a double bladed sword, right? Like someone like John Williams, I feel will never really be in come back you know that kind of passion the kind of circumstance that kind of history that he's had and the events that he's gone through has shaped him as who he is now and i i feel like we will have that kind of caliber of artists down the line but it's gonna take a while and john williams not wanting to retire is is cool because he gets to spread more of his his passion and, and his music but also he's 90 right so it's it's something that it's difficult to have there are other actors who are not even 90 who've, who've retired just because they can't do kind of that thing that that their passion anymore so they either take smaller roles or just don't do it at all right so it's uh it's cool to see john williams another decade or so with john williams so s- switching to kind of i want to say uh, i want to say weird news uh there was announced that paramount is uh gonna do a uh rainbow six film and it's gonna be directed uh it's gonna be directed by chad stalitsky and then michael b jordan is gonna come back apparently he's gonna reprise his role or at least not reprise his role but he's gonna work with the same director who worked with uh and without remorse i believe but uh it, it's rainbow six and if it's it's a good or bad thing right if you it's based obviously on tom clancy's novel rainbow six right so it's it's based on a book but also there's been video games about it so it's i i hope personally that they lean more on the book side because the video game side is cool and all but uh, it's a little difficult to translate that into a movie so I, I feel like books are a little bit more reliable just because you have that room to have creative freedom right in a video game you don't really have that because they're two different mediums and a video game can last for eight hours and a book would depend on it would probably last more than that but it's up to your imagination to interpret that so uh he's gonna uh, do that rainbow six film and uh, for the most part i'm excited i just hope that they lean more on the book it's not gonna be a lot about the video game which my first gut gut reaction was but i'm all for it now moving to some relatively surprising news i guess if uh if you want to say it like that is jared leto was recently cast as i believe in the next the sequel tron aries which is a direct sequel to the film that came out around 2010 which was a uh, i believe it was tron legacy and then that was a sequel to the one that came out in 1982 which was just i believe just tron but uh Tron Ares, it's cool to see another installment in the franchise for Tron, but it my my gripe is that it's been about a decade, right? Even more than that, maybe thirteen years, right? And um, it it's going to be a sequel to the one that from the one that came out to twenty ten, which you know starred Jeff Bridges reprising his role that he was in nineteen eighty two's Tron, and it, it's gonna follow, I believe. Jared Leto as a as a new kind of character and and that's all well and good right it's cool to see a franchise come back like Top Gun Maverick and um, Prey to some extent with uh, you know Predator and stuff like that but Tron Ares being a decades long sequel I I'm not sure how that will work I mean uh, it seems 
making a sequel that is not it's not see it's not old old because it's within the decade of this of the relatively the same technology that we're having now right there are some advancements with you know uh with the one with the technology with the mandalorian stagecraft and the volume and stuff like that and it can look a little bit better but for the most part tron legacy i don't know how you're going to differentiate that to tron Ares, but maybe the narrative will be a little bit more you know concise maybe it'll be more uh i mean more flashy like legacy was which was which was visually flashy but i believe the the narrative wasn't really on par with the flashiness but we don't you know we don't know tom it's been recently announced and well jared leto is a relatively good actor you know academy award winner and and has that kind of um passion where he literally he's a method actor so i don't know how he's gonna method act uh, the character that he plays in tron aries maybe he's gonna like i don't know play wow for a couple of days or something you know be that kind of uh that character that's associated with arcade games but well we'll just see how that goes so I, I okay personally i don't like you know the smack talking people and stuff like that but uh there's one person that i, I will have a pass to smack talk and that's a uh, bowl so in case you don't know who uwea bowl is um he's a director who's adapted i want to say the most video games adaptations ever right I, I believe if you if you look up in the dictionary video game curse his face is right next to it because he's you know he's made blood rain he's made alone in the dark far cry house of the dead uh the top of my head uh the alone in the dark stuff like that it, it's uh, and postal and i think postal is the the, the discussion point of discussion that we're having now because uh recently on uh, on facebook i believe uh, uh he posted a reply to an article saying that the last of us was it's probably one of the best adapt video game adaptations right now and if you haven't list watched it, it it is so he he's pretty salty about it and he says postal is the best adaptation and i i for the most part i guess in his view it's a good adaptation because in case y'all haven't played postal uh, if and the name suggests that the character goes postal and he literally you know massacres a bunch of people and in most some of them are in the most hilarious ways there's one where you can use uh, in postal 2 i believe you could use like a cat as a silencer and that's horrific and the film postal had those also horrific m- moments right so in that sense i guess if you want to say that's that that's a good adaptation but postal uh, wasn't really a good game to begin with you know it's just kind of mindless violence for mindless violence and at least the last of us you know has some in-depth character evaluations and you know interpretations and that's good and all but you know yui bowl being that guy and he's notorious for you know running his mouth he's gonna be he's just gonna troll around for relevance and it's a it's sad to see that but also happy because you know he he's he's probably he's synonymous you know with video game curse right because all of the movies that he came up with you know are are, are just so universally bad i think postal has uh i don't know i I believe it's nine percent and rotten tomatoes right it's just it's just so just bad and him running his mouth the last of us it just shows that he I, I suppose he misses his relevance in terms of video game adaptations and fortunately he's not going to do too much video game adaptations. but who knows maybe this will spark his passion again but for hopefully not
one of the last news that dropped about this week, I believe, or a couple of weeks ago, uh, was the drop of the Mandalorian Season 3 official trailer. And it it was a doozy. You have no idea how much I, I was, like, screeching and stuff. You know, I'm not a Mandalorian. I'm more of a trooper. But even this trailer blew my mind, right? So uh, we're catching up on Grogu and Din. It seems like the whole theme of the trailer was a conflict. Even, even though Din and Grogu kind of just want to live their lives, there's this this overarching feeling that Mandalore needs him, and Mandalorians in general need this unifying goal rather than being this uh, you know divided cadres of, uh, of units rather. So it seems that at the beginning uh, he's he's unifying them, right? He he wants to be a uh, children of the Watch again. He wants to be a Mandalorian again. So he he goes back to Mandalore, and we see Mandalore. We from the Clone Wars animated series. Okay, okay, right. So uh, we first see Mandalore proper in the Clone Wars animated series, right? And even then, it was just a bunch of you know, in a bunch of environmental domes and a bombed out desert because at that time Mandalorians uh, waged war against each other right there, there was a conflict with the Republic at some point and then you include the Empire at some point and it, it, it seems like all of them were kind of just wiped out but from what the shot we saw and if it is Mandalore it seems like there's a lot of the greenery coming back I don't know how fast Mandalorian our agriculture works but it seems like from what we see is there's a bombed out dome which would imply that this is mandalore which would also imply that the desert is growing back like there's even you know these kind of uh, clouds and stuff like that and it'll be interesting to actually see mandalore in a live action capacity we're i was able to see um this trail not this trailer in particular but a lot of the footage that wasn't shown to the public at celebration 2022 in anaheim and this trailer had a lot more stuff that we we didn't get to see uh, one being R5, right? In case you don't know, in season two, uh, Din's ship, uh, the Razor Crest, is blown up by Moff Gideon because he sucks and he's a dick. But uh, he's able to get a new one. And uh, instead of, you know, which is a little weird because I'd rather prefer, you know, the the minivan so you can put your stuff in it. But he got like the Rolls Royce, I guess, suppose, or the Mercedes Benz of Starfighters, right? He got a Naboo Starfighter and one Naboo Starfighter. And uh, the footage in the trailer, we see R5, who's going to be in the component where the droid is the astromech is usually right. So in Phantom Menace, it was R2. But here is R5. And it's uh, a lot of people complain about Star Wars being, you know, nostalgia bait and stuff like that. Like it's only nostalgia. And for the most part, it is. And for the most part, they're right. But with R5, we just see him for five minutes. We don't really other than the non-canon legacy stuff in star wars with him being you know force sensitive and we're not going to get under that but uh it's to see him in some capacity where he's actually you know helping someone because he got replaced by r2 right we only see him get blown up and then owen gets mad at the jawa and he's like what are you trying to pull here and then gets r2 right so uh, it's cool to see him or her in in, in a more uh, active capacity so I, I'm excited to see how how they play out or the dynamic he plays out. I'd like to think that he's a uh, or she's a, a kind of a, like a veteran. You're like, I was there when R2 and all that stuff. 
So uh, right after that, we do see more cinematic shots. We see Coruscant. We see, and the trailer really. We see Carson Teva, which is one of my favorite characters now, and we do see that there's there might be a, a bigger conflict than what the Mandalorians have have faced. Right, it's easy to see that. Oh, Din is is assembling forces to go against Bo-Katan, maybe, but it seems like there's a bigger overarching deal with it. And Carson Teva being a New Republic pilot, right, the representative of the New Republic, there might be inklings of a new force coming. You know, like maybe maybe it's the the rise of the First Order. I know the sequel trilogy right now is a little a little no no to talk about, but this is gonna connect to that because this happens right right after Return of the Jedi. So there has to be events that are, are inklings leading up to the sequel stuff with the the First Order. So and then first order we do see a lot of tie interceptors which is pretty freaking cool and then like a dir- I speak of sequels where there's a direct connection to it with the babus right i don't know if they're called ba- i know his bob his name was babu frick and i don't want to say his whole species is called babus i don't know on the top of my head but you, you see them right and it's it's like what connection can you not have with that so I I feel personally that there's gonna be this the the B plot's gonna be reclaiming Mandalore or becoming a Mandalorian again, but if you know the Star Wars canon and also know who the children of the Watch are, the children of the Watch are in the wrong in this because the children of the Watch are the are the separatists, right? They're they're the ones who who separated from the Mandalorians and made their own. They're called the cult. They're called the cult at some point, right? They're they're called Night Watch and they're the extremists. And it seems that after the Empire arrived and wiped out most of the Mandalorians, they kind of not devolved, but they went back to what they did best before, right? It's different uh, different groups of Mandalorians and, you know, covering your helmet just for protection, right? The very tribal mentality. But I know Din and I know Bo, they have to have that certain kind of tribal mentality to unite themselves. You know, you don't have to fight for the dark saber. It has to be beaten in combat. You know, there can be something that where there's a middle ground. And what better middle ground than a bigger, badder, bigger, badder threat like a the inklings of the first order or maybe a clone army or some sort of other a con- a b a plot conflict going on so the the trailer had a lot to cover as, and it's very deep and if you get a chance definitely watch it and uh i believe that this the season three drops march 1st which is this which is a light years away but i'll just have to grit my teeth and wait for that well that's going to be the show sure and sweet just the way i like it if you need more information about the show or want to ask us a question to cover on the show, visit our link tree. And if you like what you heard and want to support us, a like, share, and subscribe go a long way for the longevity of the podcast. I've been your host, Ernesto. We'll see you next week on Pop Salsa. Pop Salsa.